Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. The Tribeca Festival starts on June 7th through June 18th in New York City. This is Tony's 10th year in covering this famed festival. This is part of a series of specials from the past and present festivals. Let's listen. Preview a new film, Jackrabbit, that recently premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival. Here's the official description to kind of give you an idea what this film is about. Following a worldwide event known as The Reset, humanity rebuilds a society with aging mechanics where gleaming technology once stood. Surveillance now the status quo. Society is slowly putting its shattered pieces back together, but under a watchful eye. After a friend's suicide leaves behind a mysterious computer drive, a young computer prodigy and also a shadowy hacker join together to decipher the clues that he left behind. The youthful creators of Jackrabbit have successfully constructed a world which we haven't seen previously on film. Mixing retro production design with slick storytelling, they deliver a cinematic dissonance that will soon result in a shock to the senses. A jigsaw puzzle of a film that flaunts its lo-fi aesthetic proudly, Jackrabbit introduces a fresh new voice to the science fiction landscape. Carlton Ranney's directorial debut cleverly tweaks its sci-fi premise to offer an ambitious glimpse into the future. Sci-Fi Talk continues, so stay tuned. I spoke to the cast and the director on the red carpet at Tribeca Film Festival, and here is the film's director, the aforementioned Carlton Rainey. This, what I, I think what hooks me right away, is, it is, it's really more of a whodunit uh, uh, mystery as much as with technology. And, uh, and I guess the question is, what's on the drive? <laughs> Well, what's on the drive uh, is a series of uh, video clips um, that have been left behind by uh, our two main characters, uh, dead friends, um, and you know they uh, investigate these video clips and come to discover that it might lead to some answers about you know what's outside this sort of controlled dystopian world and uh, just answers about the world they live in. Uh, yeah, I mean it's actually a very grim future. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, the, the film takes place uh, it, after this um, catastrophic event known as The Reset, where basically all the uh, technological infrastructure just was wiped out. Um, so everyone has gone back to old analog technology uh, from like the 80s and the 70s, um, and it's back to like pre-internet days, hard-lined, um, and our characters live in this city that is like sort of the last known city in existence, and it's cut off from the no-man's land, um, and it's under heavy surveillance surveillance and control uh, by a uh, ambiguously uh, you know, malevolent uh, technology company known as Vopo Technologies. So uh, the mysteries involves that, and one of our main characters works for that company. So there's you know, a lot of intrigue there. Now, how did the story come together? Um, the story came about, actually, I was uh, reading a lot about hackers at the time. Um, I read this Rolling Stone article about Aaron Swartz, um, the hacktivist, and, uh, you know, in the wake of his suicide. And, um, and then the WikiLeaks scandal happened. And so my, my mind was just there in sort of the hacker world. And one of my favorite movies growing up is War Games. And uh, I just love those old movies from the 80s, like War Games and Robocop and Terminator. And so I kind of just wanted to, like, make a movie that was like in the vein of these movies that inspired me to be a filmmaker and so and and didn't really want to make like a zeitgeist like have zeitgeist elements but not really uh you know biographical 
and just sort of merge those elements together. Yeah. And sci-fi was the playground you wanted to be in? Yes, very much. Um, yeah, it just felt right. Uh, I love, like, like Brazil, you know, has like that analog yes. sci-fi vibe. And also, too, um, you know, the thing about science fiction is, is it's, it's uh, I think it's popular these days or dystopian because it's on everybody's mind, you know, what, what the future is. Um, and I have a lot of anxieties about that. And so I think I was channeling that into this. We all do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, great talking to you. Best of luck. Same here. Destin Douglas is the film's producer and co-writer. Very interesting movie. I, I, it takes place in the, you know, we, we love post-apocalyptic futures right now. You know, I'm, I'm the Star Trek uh, kind of a guy that looks for optimism, but it's just not there right now. Uh, so, you're in the film? Um, I wrote it and produced it. Ah, okay. Wrote. So, I was talking to Carlton about the story. So, how did you guys, it, it kind of came from articles, he said. Uh, and then kind of talk us through what happened after that. Did you guys have some sessions to kind of hammer out the script and things? Yeah, so we we kind of s- started with a general idea and knew that we wanted to make a script that we could shoot and kind of reverse engineer a story and special effects and a narrative to kind of fit around some of the locations that we knew we had and what we thought we could pull off. It, harnessing all of our movie magic powers and um, and then just kind of started chipping away at it and just just looked at the calendar and set a date where we were going to start shooting even if we didn't necessarily have all the money or actors together and then just started snowballing after that and uh, and the snow- the story kept coming together and more pieces just kind of added up and built into something that hopefully people enjoy watching. Now, where did the uh, the idea to use like old analog technology come from? I think uh, we had a connection at the Goodwill Computer Museum. So uh, they just had a warehouse completely full of amazing old electronics uh, that they gave to us completely for free as a donation. We returned them afterwards, but so part of it was uh, budget concerns and just there's no way we could have afforded anything like that if we'd had to purchase it ourselves and and then it just lends itself to the story even more so more importantly it's a world where you have to recycle things and build what you want to use and so it kind of like the idea of older technology being what might actually survive uh, some the reset is what we call it in the movie or some digital apocalypse where the older more well-built technology like might might last longer than the stuff today and what is our fascination with the post-apocalyptic future oh uh, good question i think people i think today people kind of feel like they're on a precipice and things are kind of perhaps boiling over and uh climate change and technology shifting so quickly and just things are changing so quickly I think it people have a hard time feeling totally comfortable or really like it's going to be able to keep going how it is for much longer and what's it like to be here at Tribeca oh it's great this is uh this 
This is a wonderful day. We've been met Carlton in about seventh grade, and we've been trying to make a movie since then. So pretty unreal to be here today. Are you guys going to be keep working together in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much. Glad to see you here. Sci-Fi Talk returns in a moment. Back with more on Jack Rabbit as we meet one of the other actors in the film, Jocelyn Jensen. Hi, nice to meet you, Jocelyn. Yes, great. Uh, so, are you the only girl in this movie? <laughs> I'm one of the few girls one in the, the movie. <laughs> so, I mean, kind of talk about who you play a little bit for those that don't know. And, uh, I mean, this is not exactly a very bright future that you're in. Right, right yeah, it's actually quite the opposite. <laughs> Pretty dark, bleak, sort of post-apocalyptic future. And my character kind of comes into the story maybe midway through the movie to sort of uh, give them some information that helps with the mysterious things going on that they're trying to sort of solve together. Uh, so she sort of starts tagging along midway through. I mean, and the thing is, uh, the only technology available is not our current fun digital stuff. It's all this old-fashioned analog stuff. Did you guys have to get a little bit of training to use some of these? Now they're antiques. Well, it was really beautiful stuff. And uh, all of the things they used to make the set and the props were so awesome to me, like so cool and just like so kind of like vintage and amazing. I don't interact with them half as much as they do, so it was a pleasure for me to just like watch them, you know, uh, use sort of like mechanically engineered things. Because uh, you're right, we are sort of used to seeing all these digital things. And, and the city that you're in is actually one of the few cities left where there's technology available. Yeah, I didn't think too much about that until afterwards, but seeing it in the film, you can really get that effect. Um, and I think it's just the perfect city to have this movie um, for a number of reasons, but also it's a bit of a homecoming for a lot of people involved. They're all from Austin. So it was like a gift to be there, and it was the perfect city for the movie. You know, we're computers, we I, I can't live without them. I, I have my phone, everything. It's like we are totally dependent on technology. Uh, the film kind of addresses that part of it too, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And I think it's particularly interesting in the way the characters deal with being lonely and their loneliness and their emptiness. And I think it's, it hits home more so because they don't have anything to do with their hands or to look up or scroll through. They're just sort of left empty or by themselves to just listen to themselves breathe and really be alone. I think that really works in the film, too. What's, uh, what's next for you? Uh, I'm working on writing some things that I'm in the process of developing and I hope to make um, soon, maybe next year and I have a couple films and festivals now one called Funny Money going to I think Maryland next so yeah I hope to travel with that movie and with this one and develop some things next year now it's not going to be in the sci-fi vein the movie you're planning on work no unfortunately not although I think everything can be sci-fi yes that's true <laughs> especially dating movies <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly well it's a pleasure to meet thank you, you. The two male leads playing the hacker and the prodigy are Josh Karras and Ian Christopher Noel. It's, somebody said it was like The Matrix, uh, you know, kind of like a low-tech. I think more like a, kind of more like a high-tech mystery is what I look at it. Yeah. Did you see it? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. I, I, when I saw the trailer, that's the direction I'm kind of pulled in rather than... I think it's a very, it's a very small, like, beautiful, simple story within a very complicated world, but it doesn't get too lost in those implications. It's about the world. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. it's about, like, this sort of, yeah, the mystery is sort of more central 
than the, the sci-fi element, I'd say. There's also an element you're it's a you're trying to find out what happened to your friend. Your friend committed suicide. You're trying to find out why because of this drive that has some information. In it. Yeah, absolutely. But it's still really about us, like emotionally trying to find out what happened to our friend, right? What do you say? It's like I said, it's a very small story in a complicated world, but it just doesn't get caught up in in all the like. I mean, like, there's a lot of illusions, and there, you kind of see the curtain pulled pulled pull back a little bit time to time, and you realize that like how complicated and like how kind of like how much machinery and mechanism there is in this world, and like how much control certain people have within this world, and these it's just like really focusing on the emotional story of these two guys who lost their friend, you know, and trying to find out what happens. Now, there's analog, old analog equipment. You guys so got it. old, so old. <laughs> so I probably used it about you know, a few years ago yeah but, but what's it like to kind of play with that well my dad is like a computer guy and he got a commodore 64 like back in the day oh he got God, the first yeah. apple computer he had all this stuff so like you know i would call and like send him photos and he would like he was just losing his mind at some of this stuff well, that said it's also it's sort of like they're not used like how they would have been used like there's sort of a fantastical element where these things are kind of piecemealed together so we kind of had to like make up ways that made sense but it wasn't totally realistic probably yeah because i mean it's kind of like a, it's a scrap world you know like these guys are like they're junkers in a weird way and they just get whatever they can and piecemeal it together to create these machines that do very specific tasks that they're not these pieces aren't originally designed for you know they're it's like they're hackers but like more like in a in a very like structural sense they're not like software hackers they're like machine hackers and systems hackers you know? yeah, it's like a motherboard here a drive here and, yeah you know a chip here you wire this and you just yeah. make it do something different yeah it's a lot of soldering <laughs> yeah i bet i bet what's it like to play in the sci-fi world in this one it, the thing is, like, it never felt like a sci-fi film to me. We made a really big effort to like not focus on that. It's just like this is the world you guys live in. Don't you know? This is what you all that you've known. So it's like the trick is not to sort of work too hard to make it so different from what you actually know, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just a real it's a it's a story about these people who are really struggling within this world to like make connections and to make friends and like the one friend some of them that they do have is past. So, it's really just like it's a very emotional story, you know. Um, which is what attracted to me attracted me to it initially. Aren't we kind of losing that now a little bit, that connection to people? Because we do everything through devices these days. Yeah, and I mean, I think this movie calls that into question a lot, you know, because even though there's not like a, a very like social uh, social networking component within this world, they do isolate and they play video games and they and they keep to themselves, you know, so like it's kind of it's kind of like now, except there's no connection at all, you know? What's up for both of you coming up? Uh, I'm going to work on a TV show in Canada. Oh, cool. Yeah, Very so cool. Tomorrow. I leave tomorrow. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can you say what type of show? Uh, I'm not sure. I'd have to play. I'm not, I really don't know, so I don't want to okay. overstep my banner. What about you? Um, Hopefully something not as mysterious. Yeah, no, I just finished a web series that I wrote, directed, uh, and edited and produced. Uh, Josh is also in that web series. Um, and then I'm finishing, doing finishing touches on a feature film script that I'm planning on directing in the near future. I think that is what's so cool about today is having the web as a platform, a very viable platform. 
and actually now uh, I'm in the process of going through that is Google is uh, the webmaster tools they want you to be a mobile site so now you can play your movie and your series on on your phone it's amazing it's pretty it's pretty crazy yeah a friend of mine was watching part of my pilot or part of my web series and I was like on his phone and I was just like that's not really what I had planned but like that's what it is especially a web series like that's what it's for it just doesn't occur to me like I said I'm like I'm not very like technically savvy in a lot of ways so I don't really think that far I'm not very big into social networking but uh, that's like yeah I have to like beg friends to post it on Facebook you know <laughs> well the good thing is if you have like if it, if it ends up on YouTube you can get the app on your Xbox One or P PS4 yeah. and play it on your big screen TV. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's on Vimeo and they have that for real. Oh, cool. There you Apple go. TV and all that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy, yeah, because my parents watch, you know, I mean, my parents are my number one fans, obviously, but uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, that's great. Guys, thank you for so much. Thanks really so much. appreciate it. Nice yeah. meeting you guys. Definitely a film to catch, Jack Rabbit, thanks to the Tribeca Film Festival and also to the cast and director for speaking to me on the red carpet. There is more looking ahead to new and past films of the Tribeca Festival, so stay tuned.